good to have all of you here this morning. So I want to read to you before I actually read my, uh, read my text and where I'm going to preach from. I got one of uh, Grandma Carol's cards and um, slipped it in my pocket. I didn't look at it earlier. And, and then uh, when we got up here and got set down, I pulled it out of my pocket and began to read it. And um, <clears throat> my scripture for this coming year says, The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ear is attentive to his prayer. Well, let me just share with you that in my spirit, when I read that, I just shouted. I mean, you know, you've seen some folks get really, really happy in church and just take off running. I felt like doing that. I don't run. I mosey, but <laughs> I felt like it. <laughs> so I just encourage you to pick up one of these cards. And, uh, you know, the, the work that she does, the gift that she gives to this body is a beautiful, beautiful ministry. I still have my scripture sitting on my desk from last year in front of my monitor. And I promise you this one is going on the other side. Amen. So pick up one of those. I know it will bless you. Amen. If you have your Bible this morning and would like to share what we are going to read from the scripture concerning the message this morning. Turn with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 128. Psalms 128, beginning with verse number one. I'm going to be reading the New King James Version, or from the New King James Version, for the text this morning. Psalms 128, verse one, between verse one and verse six. The psalmist says, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his way. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy, and it shall be well with you. Isn't that beautiful? Everyone that reverences and fears the Lord and walks in his way, when you eat the labor of your hands, you will be content happy and it shall be well with you and your wife shall be a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house and your children like olive plants all around your table behold thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord the Lord bless you out of Zion and may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life Yes, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. And I'm going to stop reading right there this morning. Ask that you bow your heads and we will pray together. 
and ask God for his direction and his anointing and preaching his word. Father, we are so thankful today that we have the opportunity to be here in the house of the Lord and we have felt your presence as we have worshiped and as we have sang and as we have entered in together before you this morning. We're thankful today, God, for your word. We're thankful today for your presence. And we just simply ask that you would add a blessing to the reading of this word. I pray today, Heavenly Father, that you will anoint me to be an effective minister of the word that is before us. And those things that you have placed upon my heart. I pray today, Lord, that you will glorify your name. And that you will edify the people of God. I, I can do nothing in my own ability, Father. So I lean upon you. I trust you this morning to impart unto me the utterance that you would have me to speak. I pray that you would put your thoughts in my mind and your word in my mouth. And that you would allow it to come forth under the anointing of your Holy Spirit that your word may take root in our heart and that we may grow and gain by that word. And for all of these things, Lord, we will be eternally grateful. Give me unction to function this morning, I pray in Jesus' name. And everyone in agreement with that prayer said amen. amen. <clears throat> the text that we have read this morning is such a wonderful and vivid description, I believe, of what God desires to do in our life and in our home. I want to title what the Lord has placed upon my heart this morning, Creating a Christ-Centered Home. How many of you would like for Christ to be at the very center of your home and the very center of your life? Creating a Christ-centered home. The text tells us that if we will fear him, and don't be afraid of that word fear. He's not talking about fear in the context of terror. He's talking about fear in the context of reverencing him, honoring him giving him respect and making him the centerpiece of our lives and allowing him to be the very cornerstone of our relationship with not only him, but the very cornerstone of the relationship of everyone around us. And he says, if we will fear him and reverence him and respect him, then he will give us a long and beautiful life, prosperous, contented, and, and, and abiding in a fruitful place. The, the psalmist paints a beautiful picture of a blessed and peaceful home. When God led me to these verses this past week, I thought to myself, I wonder how many of us this morning would like to live in that kind of home environment where there is peace and contentment and where there is security and where there is love and, and where, amen, we could enjoy the fruits of our labor in peace and in harmony with everyone around us. Amen. Maybe your home life is that picture. 
That's wonderful. God created it. But I promise you there are many, many homes that are not that picture. There are homes that are in turmoil and in, in crisis and in confusion and in, and in all kinds of stress and all kinds of things that come to challenge them. And, and they are not making Christ the center of their home. And because he is not the centerpiece, amen, there is nothing but disorder and confusion in their life. Given the option, I believe that all of us here this morning would say, Pastor Gary, I desire for my home life to be a picture of what the psalmist is talking about. Amen. Stop for a moment and think about it. No doubt all of us, given the option, would love to live in an environment where there is love and where there is security and where there is peace and contentment. And good news is, God says that we can have that. If we will honor him, if we will reverence him, if we will walk in his path and, and honor his precepts and, and honor his commandments, and if we will live our life according to the word, then he will bring it to pass. Hmm. So I began to think about this as, I, as the week went on this past week and the, the Lord began to deal with me about these scriptures and the Holy Spirit began to speak to my heart about some of the things that I believe create a Christ-centered home. And I want to talk to you about them this morning. What are the attributes of a Christ-centered home? What do I mean when I say a Christ-centered home? I believe that the Holy Spirit shared with me six principles that I would like to share with you this morning. They come directly from God's word, and I believe that if we will apply them to our lives, they will have an impact in our home life and in our relationships with others. So the, the first thing that I want us to consider is that a Christ-centered home should be a place where there is joy. A Christ-centered home should be a place where the joy of the Lord abides. You say, Pastor Gary, you can't be happy all the time. I'm not talking about happiness. I'm talking about joy. There's a difference. You've heard me say this before, that happiness is a fruit of the flesh, but joy is a fruit of the spirit. Happiness is a fruit of the flesh. What do you mean, Pastor Gary? You get a new car and you're happy. The first payment comes due on the new car and you're unhappy. You do your tax return and it's completed and you learn that you're in for a big return and you're happy. Or you learn that you have to pay in a large sum and you are unhappy. It's coming. It's just right around the corner. i just give you a heads up. You get a new suit, a new dress, and you're happy. You get a tear in the new suit, a run in the hose, or a run in the dress, and you're unhappy. 
What I'm saying this morning is that happiness is a roller coaster ride. You are up and you are down, and it is all dependent upon your circumstances. Happiness is a fruit of the flesh. It is, amen, dependent upon your emotions or upon your circumstances. But let me tell you this morning that the joy of the Lord is a fruit of the Spirit. And if you are filled with the Spirit of the Lord, you can sit in the jailhouse at midnight like Paul and Silas and have a song in your heart and a prayer on your lips. Amen. And I'm saying this morning that, amen, joy is not based upon our emotions, uh, but joy is based uh, upon our relationship with God through Christ. uh, And it comes by the living spirit uh, that he puts within us. And every Christian, every Christ-centered home, amen, should be filled with the joy of the Lord. Yes, you're going to face hardships. Yes, you're going to face trials. Yes, you're going to face circumstances and situations. But if you got the joy of the Lord in your heart, it will strengthen you to look hell right in the eye and tell the devil it's going to be okay. Hmm. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 said, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith, meekness, temperance, and against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lusts thereof. And if we live in the spirit, he said, that we should walk in the spirit. In other words, amen, if we are living in the spirit, we ought to walk in the spirit 24 hours a day. Amen. Allow the Holy Spirit to impact and impart joy into our lives. Amen. How many of you know that you can be Shedding tears of sorrow and still have joy in your heart. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that. Let me give you a couple of scriptures. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3. This is what the prophet said. Therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the well of your salvation. In other words, he's saying that joy comes because of our relationship with Christ and through our salvation. Psalm 1611, the scripture said, Thou wilt show me the path of life, and in thy presence is fullness of joy. And at thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalms 132 verse 16. Here's a promise from God. I will also clothe her priests with salvation and her saints shall shout aloud for joy. Romans 14 and 17 said, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not about a to-do list. It's not meat and drink, but it is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Joy in the Holy Ghost. What I'm saying this morning, and if you want to make Christ the center of your home, allow the Holy Spirit to infuse your soul with joy because the joy of the Lord is your strength. 
Amen. A Christ-centered home should be a place where there is joy, where there is hope, where there is peace, where there is confidence, where there is an anchor in the rock, where there is a trust in the Lord. Number two, a Christ-centered home should have order. A Christ-centered home should have or be a place of order. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse number 33 says these words, For God is not, everybody say is not, is not the author of confusion. God is not the author of confusion. A Christ-centered home should be a place where there is order. And if you think that I'm talking about a order that the home should be picked up and should be cleaned and everything has a place and everything should be in its place, that's not what I'm talking about. However, that works really good for me. (laughs) I'm just saying. I like that kind of order too. But what I'm saying this morning is The kind of order that I'm talking about is lining our life up with God, making him, our our home should be a place of order, meaning that we put things, first things first. We put things in their proper perspective. We put things in their proper order. Amen. Let me just tell you this morning, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 33, Jesus said these words, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. What Jesus is saying is if we will put things in their rightful place and if we will put things in their rightful order, then everything else will fall into place. Sometimes we get the cart before the horse and we are always striving for things and we allow God to sit on the back burner in our life. I'm telling you this morning that's out of order. Put God first, allow him to be first, and everything else will fall into place. Everything else will be added unto you. I love these verses in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 2 and verse number 1. One of the wisest men that ever walked the earth, Solomon, he writes these words and he says, My son, my son, if... Thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee so that you incline your ear unto wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. If you will cry after knowledge and lift up your voice for understanding and if You will seek wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Seek her as silver and search for her as riches. Search for her as a hidden treasure. Then shalt thou understand the reverence or the fear of the Lord or the honor of the Lord. 
For out of his mouth he gives wisdom, and out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He, God, lays up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keeps the paths of judgment and preserves the way of his saints. He says, if you will seek after wisdom and seek after understanding and seek after the knowledge of God and put God in his rightful place, then thou shalt understand righteous judgment and equity and every good path. If you want to walk on a good path this morning, amen, then make Jesus Christ the centerpiece of your life. Keep his word, keep his statutes, keep his commandments. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. This is what God said to Joshua when Moses had passed away. And now Joshua was to lead the people. God says to Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest to observe to do according to all that is written in the book. Amen. And then he says, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then shalt thou have good success. He's saying, keep my word first. Keep my commandments. Amen. In proper perspective. Amen. Order your footsteps after my word. Order your footsteps after the Lord and then thou shalt have good success and then you will find prosperity and blessing amen what I'm saying this morning is make Christ the center of your home by allowing things to be in their proper order and by putting God first in your life putting him first in your life Allow him. A Christ-centered home should be a place where there is joy. And a Christ-centered home should be a place of order. Perspective. Amen. Everything in its place. Putting first things first. Number three. A Christ-centered home should be a place where we can find grace. Now let that sink in for a minute. A Christ-centered home should be a place where grace abounds. What, what do you mean, Pastor Gary? I'm saying that a Christian home should be a safe place to mess up. Hello? I'm saying a Christian home should be a safe place when you blow it, when you mess up. You know why? Because we have all experienced God's grace. Because we have all messed up. We have all blown it at times. And he says to us that my grace is sufficient. There should be a sufficient supply of grace in our home when someone messes up. When somebody blows it, Amen. We need to remind family members that love and not perfection is the goal. Hello? I, I might ought to say that again. Amen. We need to remind them that love is, and not perfection is the goal. When we make mistakes, we ought to forgive one another. 
How many of you know families that are torn apart because someone did something, someone didn't do something, someone accused somebody of doing something and they won't forgive and they won't extend grace and when you reach out to them, they won't reach back. Amen. I'm telling you here this morning, a Christian home and a Christ-centered home should be a place where there is sufficient grace when we blow it. Amen. We ought to pick one another up, help dust everybody off and keep right on working for the Lord Jesus said in Matthew 10 and 8 freely you have received now he's going to require something of you freely give uh huh well I like the receiving part but I don't know if I want to forgive well that's where the flesh is right But we have all received of his grace. And we should have a home that is willing to forgive, forget, and move on. Forgive and forget and move on. Well, I can't forget what they said. Well, then you just chew on it until it gets so big that you can't chew on it anymore. You just go ahead and allow a root of bitterness to get planted in your heart and pretty soon bitterness will just take over and you won't have no joy, no love, no peace, and no contentment at all in your heart. That's how it works. That's how it works. Put it under the blood. Let grace do its work. Let Christ come into that situation and let his grace be sufficient for every need. And I promise you, in a Christ-centered home, amen, God's grace abides and abounds. Number two, a Christ-centered home should beat with the heart of a servant. A Christ-centered home should be filled with the heart of a servant. What do you mean, Pastor Gary? What I'm saying is that a Christ-centered home should be tempered with acts of kindness. It should be flavored with respect and a place where humanity and love uh, thrive. Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 13, this is what the scripture says, that we are to serve one another in love. We are to serve one another in love. We are to treat one another with kindness, and in order to serve one another with love, I submit that we must have a servant's heart. The mentality of the world is I want others to serve me. The mentality of the flesh is I want others to serve me. I want others to provide for me. Jesus said these words, Jesus said these words in Mark chapter 10, verse 44. Whosoever will be chiefest among you will be a servant to all. If you're going to be great in the kingdom of God, you need to learn how to be a servant. Amen. He goes on to say in Mark chapter 10, verse 45. For even the son of man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister unto others. In other words, he didn't come for, amen, others to just serve him. He came to serve them. One of the greatest examples of servanthood and humility and servitude is Jesus there at the Last Supper 
They have eaten the bread. They have taken the, the wine and they have partaken of the Last Supper. And then Jesus gets a bowl and a towel and he girds himself and he knelt down and began to wash the disciples' feet. Now stop and think about that for a moment. Here is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Son of the living God. And he kneels and washes the disciples' dirty feet. Is that not a picture of servanthood, servitude? That's how we should serve one another in our home. We should serve one another with that kind of mentality, that kind of motive, that kind of heart where we serve one another in love and we minister. It's not about what they can do for me. It's about what I can contribute to them. If we would bring that into our home and into our relationships, amen, well, he's not meeting my needs anymore, and she's not meeting my needs anymore, and on and on. Beloved, let me just tell you, if we would stop that kind of mentality and begin to serve one another in love, what a difference it would make in our lives. What a difference it would make in our homes. What a difference it would make in the relationships around us. Instead of seeing what we can extract from someone, let's see what we can impart to someone. Amen. A Christ-centered home should be a place where there is joy, where there is order, where we can find grace, and where there is a heart of a servant. Be that servant in your home. Be that servant in your home. Serve those in your household with love, with kindness. Let it be flavored with, amen, with grace and love and peace. Number five, a Christ-centered home should be a place where we learn discipline. Oh, we, we often don't like to talk about discipline. How many of you were ever raised on the rip and tear method. <laughs> I've always said, you know, if I didn't obey my mom and daddy, daddy would rip his belt off and tear me up. <laughs> well, let me, just, let me just tell you, I am grateful for the discipline that I received from my parents. I'm grateful that they loved me enough to correct me. I'm grateful that they love me enough. The Bible says, you know, the, about the child, you know, says the rod of correction. Amen. The rod of correction with the child will go a long ways. Amen. The scripture in Proverbs says, you know, if you beat him, he won't, he won't die. <laughs> that, that may be a little harsh, but <laughs> uh, yeah, you might go to jail, but, you, <laughs> but he won't die. <laughs> Uh, no, what, I, what I'm saying is that we, it, our home should be a place where we find instruction, correction, and discipline. There's a difference between punishment and correction. Punishment is done out of anger. Punishment is when they rip their belt off and tear you up with, with anger in their heart. That's punishment. Correction is when you rip your belt off, tear them up, and you love them and cry with them. Confession time. I've done both. When mine were growing up, I've done both. 
Yep, I sure have. And then when I got through, I called him to me and said, I am so sorry. I owe you an apology, not because I gave you a spanking, but the attitude that I gave you the spanking with. I did it out of anger instead of out of love and out of correction. There's a difference. There's a difference. A Christ-centered home is a place where there should be correction and discipline and instruction. Amen. We should, we should, we should instruct them and, and help them to understand that, that uh, actions have consequences. We should uh, provide an, an environment where they can learn how to study the scripture, learn how to pray, learn how to spend presence in the time of God or in the presence of God. And let me just share with you, amen, they learn from our example. I, I, I want you to know this morning, it's not just what we say, but it's what we do that counts. Amen. You know, I mean, you know, you can say one thing and then do another and you're not going to have much impact. But if you do what you say, you're going to make a difference. And a Christ-centered home should be a place where we impart unto them, amen, the importance of discipline and the importance of correction. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse number 6 says, You train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I submit to you that the way that we train up our child in a household or, or we train up the household is not just by what we say, but by what we do. Not just on Sunday morning, but every other day of the week. Hmm. Be consistent in our walk with God. Be consistent in what we say and what we do. Number six, a Christ-centered home should be a home where the family's goals are founded upon his values and the vision for the future is consistent with his plans. It should be a place of purpose. That type of atmosphere, amen, where we learn to surrender to his will. That kind of atmosphere, amen, where we learn to surrender to his plan for our life. We must strive to instill in our home the understanding that we are bought with a price. And the price that we have been purchased by was the precious blood of the son of the living God. Amen. And therefore, we belong to him. Therefore, we are not our own, but therefore, we are his and we are are to fulfill whatever purpose and plan that he has for our lives. A Christ-centered home is one that is filled with purpose and vision. Amen. Jesus spoke these words, and with this I'm going to try and close here. Jesus spoke these words as he ended his sermon on the mount. You will find them in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24. Jesus says, therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house. And it fell not, because it was founded upon a rock. 
And then he goes on to say, and everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does them not, I will liken him unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell. And then he goes on to say, and great was the fall thereof. Let me just share with you this morning, two individuals built on two different surfaces. It wasn't a matter of if the winds came, if the winds blew, they came. They did blow. The rain did fall. It will fall, I promise you. Circumstances will blow against your life. The rains of adversity will fall in your life. But what made the difference? What made the difference? The material upon which the house was built. One was built upon a rock. That rock, I tell you this morning, is the rock of ages. That rock is Christ Jesus. And one built upon sand. How foolish to build upon shifting sinking sand this morning I believe with all of my heart the reason that the Lord placed this word upon my heart is that we can look around us in the world that we live in today the corruption of our communities and the moral decline of our communities is a direct result of the lack of Christ centered homes Jesus goes on to say in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13, and I quoted these verses last week, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You can only be salt and light, and you can only let your light shine if you are filled and surrounded with a Christ-centered home. Allow him to be your cornerstone. Allow his word to have preeminence and a place in your heart. He says, blessed and favored are you. Your home will be filled with contentment and peace. Amen. You will eat the fruit of your labor with joy, with a contented heart, with satisfaction in your soul. Amen. I desire with all of my heart to see Christ-centered homes in every relationship, in every heart, and in every life. And I pray this morning that God will help each one of us to create that kind of environment in our home. Amen. If we want his blessings, we need to follow his word. Bow your heads, if you will. Bow your heads and we'll pray. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning for your word. Thank you for your instruction. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for speaking to us through the word of God today. Help us to have that same desire to make you the centerpiece and the cornerstone of our relationships at home. That our home may be filled with the peace of God that passes all understanding. That our home may be filled with the joy 
of the Lord, joy unspeakable and full of glory. That, Lord, when the winds come and the rains blow, our home will be found standing upon the solid rock of Christ Jesus and not upon sinking sand. Speak to us here this morning, Lord, I pray. And if there is an area in our life where we are not creating a Christ-centered home, if we are withholding grace from others, if we are withholding forgiveness from others, show us the error of our way. Speak to us here this morning, I pray. Help us to have a desire and a commitment in our spirit to say, Lord, I want you to be the, I want you to be the centerpiece of my home. I want you to be the very cornerstone upon which everything rests. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Are you here maybe this morning and you would slip up your hand and say, Preacher, I believe you preached this message for me this morning because I needed to hear some of it. God, God bless the hands that are going up. Yes. God bless hands that are going up. Amen, amen, amen. The Lord sees those hands today. Stand to your feet. I just want you to go to prayer with him as they come to sing. I just want you to say, God, I want you to be the centerpiece of my home. I want you to be the centerpiece of my relationships with others. Help me to build a, a Christ-centered home where, Lord, I can enjoy the blessings that your word has promised. Help me to be that that I may receive of your grace. Amen. Slip your hands up to him. Come on and sing.